Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. All righty, well, good morning. It is great to be here with you. Uh, One of my favorite things about sitting right up front here, where I'm cocked and loaded every Sunday morning, is uh, hearing the church worship together. Uh, Some of you who are in the back, you might not get to hear that, but when you sit up front, you get to hear that, and I know that God is blessed and delighted, and it is a joy for me to be a part of that and, and to hear that. If you're, uh, if you're new here, I uh, want to welcome you. We're glad that you're here and uh, you belong with us wherever you're at in your spiritual journey. We love that you're here. Uh, my name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, on a, a typical day when I wasn't feeling under the weather, I'd say, hey, I can't wait to meet you after the service, but I'm going to be a little bit scarce today. But at one of these times, I want to make sure to, uh, to meet you and connect with you and help you connect with what God is doing here. So let me know, let us know how we can help you do that, All right? Uh, I want to stop and pray for us as we get ready to look at God's word this morning. Uh, So let's pray together. Father, we come before you in humility, uh, so dependent upon you. We need you. We need you. You are wisdom and, and we need wisdom to know how to live uh, in a way that is faithful to you, um, in a way that delights you and pleases you. Uh, and so give us your wisdom today. God, you're, you're doing a, a good work in our church here, and, and for that we are thankful. And we ask you to continue to do that good work, uh, drawing people to yourself and teaching us to, to walk in your ways, uh, not only as individuals, but as a, as a body, as, a, as an us. Uh, continue to shape us uh, by your spirit and through your word. God, we want to pause and, and pray uh, specifically for, for Dean, Dean Eggert, and uh, the team that he's meeting with over in Malawi. Um, we know that last time they were over there, they, uh, they experienced physical attack and spiritual attack. And so as, as he goes back, as that team gathers in Malawi, um, we pray for your protection, certainly. We pray for your encouragement uh, as they meet together, that they would see your hand uh, that you would push away any fear that exists within them and uh, that you would fill them with your love, with your peace, with your joy. Um, we love them. Uh, we know that you love them even more and you are, you are doing a good work there also. And uh, we just pray your hand on Dean as he travels to and from and the team that's with him. God, for your grace and your mercy, we pray. And then today, as we gather in your name, God, would you uh, do a work in us? We submit ourselves to you to do with us as you see fit. Would you give us eyes to see what we might not naturally see? Would you give us ears to hear uh, what we're so often deaf to? And would you make our hearts soft pliable and humble in your care so that you might mold us and shape us. Uh, You are the potter, we are the clay. Uh, And we submit ourselves to you and ask you to do that work in us. You're a good potter and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's so much that's changing in our world, isn't there? You just look back even 10 years and so much has changed and, and so much of what we have come to expect about how the world works is changing and it's changing right under us. Some of us are very young and might not even remember 10 years ago. Um, God bless you. That's fantastic. And, and the world like it is, is just the world that's yours. You're just used to that. Others of you remember not only 10 years ago, but 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, and, and you've got this keen awareness that the world, she is a changing, right? And, uh, and, and you have felt the tremors of a world that changes, and our church has felt the tremors of a world that changes, right? And even the dynamic of our church is feeling change, and there's some pieces of that that are, have been really hard, and there's pieces of that that are delightful and, and joy-filling. 
We see God's hand moving in so many different ways, but, but in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, we, we want to take some time here and we want to recalibrate ourselves a little bit. We want to recalibrate ourselves for who we are and where we're going as a body. Because as a church, we understand that this is something that God is shaping. There, there's something that he's doing here in us. And it's not just what he does in us individually. He does good stuff in us individually, absolutely. But he, he's at work in our collective. There, there's something that he's shaping in us. And so Christianity certainly is about me, you. Christianity is also about us. There's this thing that God is shaping here. And so for, for some of you, you're new to Centerpoint and you're kind of going, this is great. I kind of want to hear who, who are we? <laughs> you know, I've been enjoying some of my time here. I've been enjoying making some connections, but, but who are we? And I want to hear some of those things. Great. You're in the right spot. Some of you are legacy Centerpointers and you've been around a whole lot longer than I have in decades and, and you're going, uh, remind me again who we are and how we're doing this and what this looks like. And you've come to the right spot. And we're going to navigate this together as we seek God and his word empowered by his spirit. And we want to anchor ourselves in a couple of different passages today. Most often when, uh, when, we, when we teach, when I preach, uh, we're looking at just one passage, but today I want us to look at two because they're, they're grounding passages for us. They aren't the only passages in the Bible that are important for helping us know who we are and what this looks like, but these are, these are important grounding verses for us as we look at this. And the thread that we see in, in these passages that we're going to look at today is, is this. By the grace of Jesus Christ, because this is a work that he is doing. It's not a work that any one person or any, any group of people are doing. It is by the grace of Jesus Christ. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are God's people being shaped by God's love, joining together on God's mission. Let me say that again. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are God's people shaped by God's love, joining together on God's mission. This is who we are. And the first passage that I want us to look at is at the end of the New Testament book of Matthew. I suspect if you've been following Jesus for very long at all, this will be a passage that will be fairly uh, um, familiar to you. There are probably even pieces of it that you can quote by heart. But we want to look at this. This is after Jesus' resurrection. And he's gathered with his disciples. And he's commissioning them. They have been a part of the ministry that Jesus had been doing. But in this moment, he is preparing them for when he is gone. And he is commissioning them to carry on the, the ministry that he has begun. And so we look at Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Do you see that in there? They worshiped him, but there were some who still doubted. Like, there's this reality of how they're showing up here in the presence of Jesus, which is, is fantastic. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you've got a paper Bible, this is a great whole passage here to circle. It's, it's an anchor passage for us, for any church that is working to be uh, faithful to the call and commission of God. This is an anchor passage for us. It, it tells us what we're about. And again, we notice how uh, even the disciples were showing up in this space and, and they were a bit of a mixed bag. And while we don't stop and uh, celebrate doubt, uh, doubt is welcomed into the presence of Messiah. And so they worshiped him even, even as 
some weren't sure, right? Because they're still trying to get their mind around this whole resurrection thing. That just 40 days earlier, they had seen him crucified, and now he's alive. And standing in front of them, they're still trying to wrap their minds around that. And so, again, while we don't uh, celebrate doubt or romanticize doubt, we welcome it because all of us show up here uh, in, in, in a mixed bag. We all come in in different places. We come in in different places on our faith journey. We come in having experienced different things throughout our, our week as we come in to gather, but we see him and we worship him with everything that we bring in with the fullness of who we are, with this authenticity that we bring, recognizing that God is real. And God is so real, he most fully meets us where we really are. And so we bring him our authenticity as we worship him. And then Jesus begins his statement here with all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And this anchors him to the very creation story from the beginning. In the beginning, God, what? Created heaven and earth. That's right. God created heaven and earth. Everything that exists. God created. And so here's Jesus saying, this authority is the authority that I claim. It's not a partial authority. It is a total authority. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. So lest we ever wonder who gives this commission, it is the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. And we understand that Jesus himself is God. John, in the, the beginning of the Gospel of John, affirms this so many times that, that he was in the beginning, that without him nothing was made, through him all things were made. He has, Jesus has, he is God, he is the Son of God, he is fully God and fully man. And he carries all authority in heaven and on earth. And his authority is the foundation of our commission. And what is this commission that he has given? To go into all the world, like wherever you're going, it was always God's intention that his mission were to spread, that, that wherever you go, that going you would make disciples of all nations, baptize, how do you make disciples? You baptize them into the name of uh, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the three in one, and then teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And so this great commission, the, the mission of God is to draw people from all, from all places around the earth, all people drawn to him, make disciples of all nations, all ethnicities, drawing them into this relationship, this transformational relationship with God. That's, that's what baptism is baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, drawing them out of allegiance to the world into allegiance to the Father, Son, and Spirit. That's what baptism is. And so immersing them in this new life in Christ, drawing others into this new relationship with Jesus. And then as they come into that relationship with Jesus, we all need this to continue to learn, to be taught, and to teach what? Obedience to Jesus. To teach them to obey. It didn't even just say to teach them everything that I have said. It said to teach them to obey everything that I have said. And again, while all of us will show up here in different places on our spiritual journey, all of us are, are, are on this journey to live our lives in submission to the authority of Jesus. All of us are trying to figure those places out. Some of us are further down that road than others. And so while we welcome everybody to the table here, we also recognize that we are on a journey where all of us are moving forward. And what does that forward look like? It looks like humble submission to the authority of Jesus, that we are training ourselves and training each other to obey Jesus. And what he has shown us life is. And what we have for us are the scriptures. The scriptures, the Old and New Testament. 
Well, there might be some who would try to um, uh, dismiss scriptures as bearing any kind of authority or inspiration by God. We understand as a church um, that scripture is breathed by God. It is inspired by God's spirit through these human authors. It's this amazing divine human partnership in crafting what we have preserved for us and preserved for us by his spirit. Even faithfully in the language translations that we have, this is God's inspired, protected, and authoritative revelation of himself and his work in this world. It is God breathed. It is authoritative when we're trying to figure out what does wisdom look like? What does it look like to walk with God, to live life faithfully? What are we teaching? What are we training? What are we taking in? We are becoming obedient to Jesus who has all authority. It's not just the authority of Jesus even in the New Testament because what we know is Jesus was present in the old. He was there from the very beginning and he's gonna be there at the very end. He covers the entire gamut and we submit ourselves to his authority. And so we have scripture in front of us. There are some in our world who are, again, trying to, on this end of things, trying to um, dismiss scripture as maybe a a mere nicety or just put it in a a long line of ancient texts. That's that's not who we are. On this other end, we find uh, people who would claim the mantle of, of Christ and uh, they use scripture um, to, to justify themselves while, while judging others, using scripture as a fear-based stick. And we aren't that, but we are a people who will anchor ourselves in what God has revealed to us in scripture, recognizing that all of us I am, you are, all of us are on this journey of growing in what it means to submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. And so wherever you go, draw people into this new life in him, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded. So one of the ways that we talk about this as a church is uh, you'll hear us talk about this, living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. This is everything that we are about, living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. None of us can come to a place where we go, got it, got it, I'm good, I have arrived. None of us, I'm just doing a quick double check here. Just doing a quick double check Nope, good, I feel good about saying that. None of us can come to a place where we say, I have arrived. We are all living it. We're breathing, we're, we're, we're figuring it out. Sometimes with, with some victory and other times with failure. All right, but we're gonna be the kind of church that, that we welcome weakness, we welcome vulnerability. We even are gonna offer grace in the midst of failure, not judgment and condemnation. We are not the judges. Jesus is the judge. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Not to me. Not to our elders. Not to you. To him. He is the one who judges. And so our posture is one of grace. Because frankly, his posture is one of grace to those who come to him, even in failure. And we recognize that all of us are on this journey of living this out. And all of us are being equipped to share this life with Jesus with those around us. That's what the, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. Like to share that which we have been given, we share that with those that we encounter in the world in which we live. The sharing of life in Jesus certainly is a part of what we do here as we gather. But it's also, even more profoundly, it's what happens as we scatter As we leave these doors, there are people that you work with, there are people that you live with and live nearby, there are people that you uh, play ball with, that you go to school with, who will never walk through these doors out of curiosity just to hear what God thinks about the world. But because of your presence in their life, because of your love for them and your grace towards them, they will trust you 
as you share. And so together we are working it out. We are being equipped as a church to live and share this life-changing relationship with Jesus. And this is the very thing that shapes our culture. Again, anchored in scripture, we care for the needs of others. This is part of how we love each other, and this is how we love the world around us and love our neighbors, and we, we love each other. That is so true about this church. As there are people in this church who have, have needs, now sometimes what we do is when we have needs, we hide it because we don't feel like it's safe to bring our weakness and our vulnerability, right? So a lot of times we hide. But as one of the things that I see is, as need is brought forward, as need is made known, there's just a rushing in of loving care for the needs of people around us. That's what this church does. That is, that is a beautiful voice of this church to care for the needs of each other and the people around us. This is a church that welcomes all people into our doors because we recognize that all people need Jesus and that as people join us in this some are going to show up pretty messy the beginning point of all of our need is our own sinfulness our own rebellion against God our own rejection of his love and others will join us in this community coming in in that place and so we won't approach that fearfully and judgmentally, we will approach, we will take a posture of grace and humility and welcome to those who are seeking him and joining us. This is who we are. This is our voice as a church. And we are a community that is continually surrendering ourselves and our own sinfulness to the lordship of Jesus. We will be unflinching about Jesus and his gospel Everything that we do is about Jesus and about what he has done and what he is doing in our midst and in our world. We are unflinching about the gospel of Jesus and the life that he draws us into only by grace. This is who we are as he continues to shape us by the grace of Jesus Christ. By the grace of Jesus Christ. We are God's people, shaped by God's love, joining together on God's mission. The second passage I want to look at today is in Ephesians. So you're going to flip a few pages further in the book. Go to Ephesians chapter 3, if you would. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to begin reading at verse uh, 14. You know, uh, much of Ephesians is a prayer from the Apostle Paul for the Christians that he had invested in in the city of Ephesus. And so we, we read this, uh, and there's much that he's doing as he's praying, and, and this passage begins with that language. So what is he praying would emerge? What is he praying this church community would look like? Let's listen in. Paul says this beginning in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This would be another good one. Circle that bad boy right there. 
right? Highlight these things here. If you got it on your phone, highlight, highlight, highlight. Put it in the notes, whatever it is, so we can keep coming back to this. This is a powerful anchor passage for us. What is it that Paul is praying the church would do, would become? Well, listen again. By the grace of Jesus Christ, we are God's people shaped by God's love, joining together on God's mission. So look at verses 14 uh, and 15. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Pause there for just a moment here. This is reaffirming, like God's people, this is a work of his grace that we would be a new people, God's people. So those who are saved by his grace, who have known forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus are brought into this new people by the grace of Jesus Christ. We are God's People. Listen to the language that he uses there. He uses the language of father. So he kneels before the father. Um, so that's the, Paul is talking about the God, the father, right? And, and then he says, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives this name. So again, we get this stretch in the expanse of everything that is heaven and earth. Everything that has been created is under his fathership. And every family, so there's a little play on words that sometimes we miss in our translations. Um, the word for father is the same word, kind of root word for family. And so there's a little play on words that Paul is doing there as he's, as he's writing this. Because in our human nature, we all have different family names, right? Like fur is one, Smith might be another, or Coley is another, Right? And so we have different uh, family names, and those usually follow the line through the Father. And what Paul is saying here is that by the grace of Christ in him, you have been given a new name under the fatherhood of God. He is the one who exercises authority. Right With fatherhood comes the authority to shape his family. With um, the fatherhood comes blessing. We see that exhibited throughout scripture here. And uh, so we see uh, blessing comes by the father. And so God is the one uh, in heaven and earth. Every family, his family, derives its name from him. We are family. That's what it means to be God's people. I know sometimes people will use the language maybe in your workplace or um, teams or other things that you're a part of. They'll use family and it can have sort of a, almost a manipulative feel to it. Have you ever heard of that? Like we're family here, therefore we can take advantage of each other. We're family at this company, so we're not gonna quite pay everything that you're worth. Right, so maybe you've experienced some of those things. What we get here is this is a completely different look at what it means to be family. And under the authority of the Father who is creator of heaven and earth, he is the Father of all family under heaven and earth. No matter where you are, no matter what name you come in with, you've been given this new name by the Father. And, and it's even this language of, of naming. Go back to creation, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, yada, 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 right? And then God names it good. He, he, called, um, uh, he, he called land and sea. He called night and day. Like as he created, he named. And then we see with the creation of humanity, he actually brought the animals before him and he empowered, he empowered the man to name the animals, to participate with him in ruling and reigning over creation. By the time we get to chapter three, it's all jacked up, right? Because mankind, men and women, we wanna, we wanna do the God stuff without God. Like we wanna, just, 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 shh, shh, shh. watch what I can do, right? We all do that. And that sin, that rejection of his love and rebellion against his law alienates us from him and yet God in his grace and in his mercy through his son Jesus makes a way for us to be reconciled to him. God turns his enemies into family. 
And he's the only one who has the power and the authority to do that. And this language of family, the father, also speaks of this intimacy, this, this relational nature. God is not distant and far off. He reveals himself as good father who draws near, who blesses, who names, who leads. He's good father. So we are, by the grace of Jesus Christ, God's people. Get the next several verses here. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17. So that, right? Strengthen you. He's praying for strength here. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That Christ would take up residence. This is part of the beautiful. John explains to us that in Christ, God became flesh and dwelt among us, became part of us. He moved into the neighborhood, as Eugene Peterson says in the, in the message. He became one of us, the incarnation that God put flesh on. And in Christ, through his spirit, he resides within us by faith. And I pray that you, being rooted, the roots, you are established in love. Being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. It's us. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To know this love that blows your mind. If you can imagine, just begin to imagine love at its fullest, its freest, its most powerful. And it doesn't even scratch the surface of God's love for you. The love between a man and a woman as they stand here joining together in the covenant of marriage is but a mere sign of his love. The love of a mother or a father holding a newborn baby, either that coming into your family through birth or through adoption, and some of you even through foster. There's a love that happens. Like I couldn't imagine loving my kids to the depth that I do. It's almost beyond words, and it pales in comparison to the love of the Father for you. So Paul is praying that you, rooted and grounded in his love, called by his love, established in his love, like your life is an act of God's love, that you, established and rooted and grounded in God's love, might have your mind blown by the love of Christ. And out of that mind-blowing love that you would be filled to all the fullness of God. Wow! Don't we sometimes reduce Christianity to a, do a little bit of this and do a little less of that? That doesn't even begin to describe what life in Christ is like. What Paul is praying for here, what Paul is describing, is a mind-blowing fullness that you will know God through his love alive in you. And so we are God's people being shaped by God's love because the way we live life, when we live life on our terms, puts a stopper in the flow of God's love. Our fear puts a stopper in our ability to know the fullness of God's love. Like when, when, when I am riddled with fear of other, of self, I'm not walking in the fullness of God's love. For some of us, it's the, the stuff that we have experienced in the past that we're just struggling to get on top of. It, it, it prevents us from living in the fullness of God's love for us. Anger, resentment, unforgiveness, 
prevents us from living in the fullness of God's love for us. Judgment, criticism, and harshness prevents us from living in the fullness of God's love. And what Paul is describing here is that full life in Christ is anchored in his love and living in the fullness of his mind-blowing love. That is the predominant mark of growth in Christ. And it shows itself in love for God. Right? To, to love him in return. To love him. When God's love is flourishing in us, we love God in return. Not because we loved him first, but because he first loved us. And he did what was necessary to bridge the gap of our sin and reconciling us to him. And as his love flows through us, we love each other. Right? That love plays out. It doesn't work. The math doesn't work when we say, God, I love you, but your people kind of stink. Right? No, no, no. As God's people, we learn to love each other. God's love is activated more fully as we practice mercy together, as we practice forgiveness together, as we practice truth-telling in grace together. His love is shaped more fully in us as it's expressed amongst the body. And we love our neighbors as ourselves, those around us, those who aren't like us. We say, well, some people are antagonistic to us. Some people are, are kind of our enemies. They're oppressing us. Well, that makes that very clear then because there's only one way that Jesus told us to approach our enemies. Beat them in the head with a hammer. No, right? You know enough of Jesus to know that that's not true. Like if once a person is designated enemy, then we don't even have a choice in the matter. Our job is to love them. Like that's the only recourse that Jesus gave us towards those that we might be considered our enemies. Remember I said, we're all walking this out and learning to live in faithful obedience to Jesus because there are places where my stubbornness gets the best of me and I prefer them to live in the enemy package over here. I don't want to where I have lived under the hurt of another, another brother or another sister in Christ. And my call is to forgive, but sometimes I don't want to. Oh, the hurt can taste so good. Sometimes it is. Like put, your, put that thing in there and you just nurse it. Oh man, like, like the ever-loving, ever-living gobstoppers, one of those things like the candy you just put in there. I mean, just, mm, just all day long, you just love those things, right? And the problem is, is the more that we hold on to those things, the more that we hold on to bitterness, the more we hold on to unforgiveness, the more we hold on to those pieces, the, the less we're living in the fullness of God's love. And Paul says, oh, I pray that you would know the mind-blowing love of the Father. That it would know no end and you would walk in the fullness of life with him. Mm. We are God's people being shaped by God's love, joining together on God's mission. These last couple of verses here, verse 20. Not to him who was able to do immeasurably more. Here's a mind-blowing thing again, right? Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right, every generation, right? So we're included in this because we're one of the generations. Forever and ever, yep, we're, we're still living in ever and ever. So this is speaking to us. Uh, to him be glory. And so what is this glory? Uh, whenever scripture speaks of glory, it's talking about like the, the revelation of God's nature, the revelation of his character. So God's glory is the revelation of his holiness, his love, his strength, his power, his righteousness. That's, that's what glory is. It's, it's this of who God is, right? And it was often overwhelming to those who encountered God's glory. And if that person was to survive, God would kind of have to hold back a little bit and give him just a taste. So May, may his glory live in us. In other words, the way that we live as a people by his grace being shaped in his love, that the way that we live would reveal the nature and the character of God to everybody that we meet. Because God's design is that his glory would cover the earth. And in divine human partnership, he has commissioned us 
In divine human partnership, he has commissioned us as his glory bearers and revealers to the world. It is his mission, not mine. It is his mission, not yours. So many times, even in Christian circles, we hear the messages of, you've got destiny, you've got purpose, claim it, God's going to help make it happen. Rubbish. That's not what this is about. God has made you with intention and purpose, absolutely. But it is his purpose that drives, not our own. It is his purpose that we join. And what is his purpose? To reveal his glory to all people, drawing them to himself and reconciling faith in Jesus Christ and training up those who will be obedient to Jesus to reflect his glory to the rest of the world. It's his mission, not ours. Imagine what it might look like to see God's mission come to pass through you. That through you, people would catch a glimpse of the nature and character of God. That through you, they would get a taste of his love. Through you, they would get a smidgen of his beauty. That through you, they would, they would experience the flavor of his mercy and grace and forgiveness. Imagine what that would look like. To see God's mission come to pass through you, through us. Now double it. Now triple it. Now quadruple it. Have we reached the edge of your imagination yet? Fantastic, because that's precisely where Paul says to go. That which is beyond your imagination... is what his mission will show you. That is precisely what he will do in you and through you by his grace. Right? Again, we've so relegated the mission to trying to get more people into church. Sitting here with us is a beautiful, good thing. As a gathered people, it is good, it is biblical. We, we should do it and find strength as we do. But Jesus is the mission, that those who are far from him would know him. And that only happens with a people who are equipped and empowered and commissioned by the authority of Jesus to go into all the world, drawing people into new life in Christ and teaching them to obey everything that he commanded. It's his mission, not ours. So let's say it again, by the grace of Jesus Christ, we are God's people shaped by God's love, joining together on God's mission. Now, what I want to do for a little bit is I want to play with some words here, all right? As God's people, we are known as family. He has made us family. As we join him on his mission, what are we to participate in that mission? We are witnesses, we talked about this throughout the entire Acts series, that, that we bear witness to who he is. We don't make it up. We don't, tell her, we, don't, we don't make up stories. We don't fabricate stuff. We are witnesses to the death and resurrection of Jesus and witnesses to who he is and what he has done and what he continues to do. That is his mission, to live as witnesses. And then as people who are shaped by God's love, that's how we would define disciples, and so what we're going to be doing over the course of the next several years is we're taking some time to recalibrate who God is shaping us to be. And as our church has gone through change in these past several years, we've been working together. We've had some help from some outside voices that have helped shape some of this stuff in us. Um, but as a church, as a church body, there has been speaking. And of all the things that we get going on in the life of our church, and there's a couple dozen out there from which we kind of interacted with, your input through the body, your input through surveys, through conversations, through meeting here together, oh, even way back in February, there were three pieces that really rose up to the surface. 
And we find those three things, because we can't focus on everything all at once. We're going to focus on these things over the course of these next few years, that we would grow together as family, that we would grow together as witnesses to who he is and what he is doing, and that we would grow together as disciples. Now, what you might note here is that when you take a FWD, car people know it's not front-wheel drive. It's forward. It's the abbreviation for forward. And so as a church, we're going to be moving forward together. Now, I'd like to, uh, Stephanie, if you'd join me up here real quick. Stephanie's going to join me up here. Uh, Stephanie and Joe have been co-leading a team that has been emerging, right? And so we've talked a little bit about this over these past few weeks. Uh, today, we're launching this initiative. I wanted Steph to come up here. Lib, can you grab the microphone for us there, please? I can yell real loud. Yeah, but then people online won't be able to hear. Okay. All right. So, um, so Steph and Joe have been building this team together to help us on? really put, um, put feet to what does it mean for us to move forward together. So, Steph, I'd love for you just to share a little bit of that with us. And I'm very excited, so I might start yelling. You go for it. You guys, we've been coming to church, and we want to put our sermons into practice, right? And apply them to our lives. Don't shrug your shoulders. So I know Matt has probably worked for a really long time on this sermon, and he's been working. I've had a window into how much effort he puts into our sermons. Can we just have a quick round of applause for how much time he puts into this? You're kind. Thank you. Um, You're kind. And now I'm really excited to tell you that we get to put this into action, right? We get to be God's people. We get to be shaped by God's love. That's right. And we get to do God's mission. I didn't know he was going to preach on that today, but this is great. So I'm, I'm losing track where I'm supposed to be. We're going to, we, we want to take this plan that he was just talking about, that everyone had input into, the consultants came, elders have talked about, Matt's been talking about, Joe's been talking about, and um, put it into play. So it's a three-year plan. Um, it's... If you want a window into it, you're going to be able to interact. There's actually signs at the back of the church with QR codes you can click on. There's a website. I don't know if there's a slide with the website. Um, and you can always write on your Connect card or email info at centerpointnewhampshire.org. Yep, centerpointnh.org. Nh.org. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways, we're going to do this three-year plan. Uh, what we want at the end of the three years is a church that's thriving that's connecting his family, that is reaching out to others, and that is interacting with the word through discipleship. So that's the family witness and the discipleship. Um, we're going to be breaking this work. When you go on the website and you see the description, there's actually a grid of um, all these different goals that we want to achieve in three years. We're not doing it all at once. We're going to go very that's slow. Right. But... Um, Oh, I just lost my train of thought. That's why I brought this here. Um, oh, we're going to be breaking that down. We're going to be breaking that down into small, agile teams who can just focus on one goal at a time, and we're going to go from there. Um, and as we get moving and people get involved, it will start to snowball, and we'll start to be, like, really the, the family that doesn't get paid enough that Matt was talking about because <laughs> it'll be volunteers. But we'll be doing it together, and it'll be neat to see um, how our church can change over time from that. Um, so we're, start, we're essentially starting today. There's a group of people who've already volunteered who are already going to help us uh, get this going. I'm sure it will never go fast enough for all of us. That's exactly right. But we, eventually we want to have everyone included. Um, we want us all to be building greater relationships with each other and then have that life-changing relationship with Jesus that you've been talking about over all these years. So we're going to start putting it into action. Yeah, I'm so excited for us to be able to move forward in that. Because you, you think about it, um, in all the stuff that we've been experiencing, it's easy to feel disconnected. Right? You come in, and those of you who've been coming for a long time, you're like, I don't think I recognize a lot of the people here. Some of you are new, like this is my first time. Of course I don't recognize anybody. So it's easy to feel disconnected. And so a big piece of this is like growing those connections, right? And, yeah. and helping us to live differently together as his family. Right. So that's just the, an example so it, of what we're trying to do. Right, and we're going to have a team that's focusing on family, a team that's focusing on witness, and a team that's focusing on discipleship starting today. So if this is something you're interested in being part of, write to us at info at centerpointnh.org, um, put something on your Connect card, 
click that QR code and you can get all like all the information is on there. We're trying to be transparent the whole way through. Absolutely. Because we need to be sharing all this information. Uh, nobody's trying to hide anything and we want you to get involved. We might not have something we do we have something for you to do today if you haven't even emailed us you can be praying for this you can be praying That's for right. the people in it please be praying for matt and for joe joe is not feeling well today he was supposed to be up here talking to you um so be praying because obviously these guys get sick and everything just like us so um be praying for them be praying for their strength uh, and be praying for all the people that are trying to help get this going yeah and i think that's one of the things that i'm so excited about in our church is um you know, it's not just, hey, what is, the, what is the staff doing to make the church that we want? It's actually, how does the church work together to make the church that we want, right? And so there, there's a church that you're imagining this looks like. Let's go do that. And, and you need to be a part of that conversation. And, and so if there's any impulse that you have to be a part of that process, then be a part of that process. There's also really some great brochures by the signs. Yeah, Grab a brochure. Right. Yeah. I forgot to bring mine up here with me. But it, it, it's pretty fantastic, and it outlines with some more specificity uh, some of the ways that we're going, and then, again, some of the contact and how you can be involved with that. Right, because we know you're God's people. We don't necessarily know how God's shaping you, and then we want to get on God's mission. So you're the ones that have to tell us how God's shaping you and where exactly. you get involved. Exactly. Cool. Simple. Thanks for putting That's this right. together for us. Matt. Thank you for jumping in. I appreciate you. Let's, uh, let's, let's just pause and pray together. God, there is a work that you are doing that we're pretty excited about, and we've got a glimpse uh, right here at the beginning through this initiative of some of the ways that, that you're going to be shaping our church, um, but yet there's so much that we don't know because you're mind-blowing God, and so we want you to blow our minds. Would you, would you do that? Would you blow right past what we think is possible? Would you blow right past the barriers that we put up to reveal yourself? in us and through us for our good and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me if you would. If you are here and you have never experienced the freedom of forgiveness through the grace of Jesus and you want to do that today and you want that new life in him, our prayer team is going to be up here and they'd love to talk with you about that and pray with you that you might know this new life. As you walk by the doors, grab a brochure, take some of the information with you, be a part of what God is doing here. No matter how long you've been a part of, been, been here, grab it, be a part of what God is shaping here because this isn't just about me, it's not just about you, it's about us together and what he's shaping here, right? Let's take this journey together. Let's take this journey together. So that the God of all creation the Father, the good Father of all in heaven and on earth. May you know his love, oh, his extravagant love. And may you walk in his grace. May you rest in his peace and serve with his power as you go. God bless you, walk with him, and we'll see you next week. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.